What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode 214 of the Justin Inside podcast, a show where we talk to people involved in the world of alternative music and their journey through it. My name is Tim Birkbeck, and I am your host and guide through said podcast, and it has been a hot fucking minute, people. Uh, apologies to everyone that's been waiting with bated breath for a new episode, which I did promise several weeks ago, but life has just been a bit chaotic recently. Um, to bring you up to speed... I went on tour with my good pals in Svalbard uh, and new pals in Clickdrip and Harriet. It was a bloody wonderful time. Uh, I then came back. I then moved house. So I'm now in a new property in Bristol. I'm finally fully settled in Bristol. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to my best friend for putting me up for nearly four months and being an absolute babe. But yeah, have my own digs finally. And then had some mental health stuff that I'm not going to go into too much detail but just needed to have a bit of a break bit of a di- bit of downtime and not be consumed with doing other stuff outside of my day-to-day work and then my day-to-day work has just been frantic as well so and now here we are we're after christmas and I haven't put an episode out in several weeks so I do apologise, dear listener, for the delay, but I did promise you one more episode before the close of 2021, and it's a fucking humdinger. But anyway, hope everyone is well. Hope everyone's had a wonderful Christmas and festive period. Um, I'm currently back in Portsmouth after me just saying I've just had found new digs in, in Bristol, but back at home for for the festive festive period. Um, in terms of what we're doing with the show, I don't know where, what things are in the pipeline at the moment. I'm still living a bit rogue because I don't have a desk yet in my new place and I don't want to be recording on my bed, basically. So, but there will, rest assured, there will be new episodes coming next year. I'm going to try and line up some stuff. Uh, want to maybe take the show in a bit of a new direction. Not sure what direction that's going to be yet, but we'll wait and see. There's... 365 days of next year and we haven't even entered it however the first episode of 2022 will be my brother and myself's uh albums of 2021 episode uh we're actually recording that today as this episode comes out so a bit meta for you um so that'll be out for next week and then yeah we'll see what 2022 has in store for everyone and this podcast, but I don't know why I said everyone. But anyway, I've rambled on for long enough as always. This interview was done quite a while ago, so some of the stuff is said at the time it was relevant. But yeah, unfortunately, as I say, there were stumbling blocks on my end that has caused this to be a little bit delayed in it coming out. So do apologise. But this week I'm joined by uh, Sam Boyteri and Logan Galville uh, of the incredible band Greek Death. Uh, They're the two masterminds behind the band and they've been sort of lifelong friends. So we kind of talk about them kind of growing up together, basically playing music together since day dot, the different iterations of what Greek Death has been to get to where it is now. Um, Logan is only with us for the first sort of hour of this, this chat. And honestly... The dude made me laugh so much and 
there's one point that I literally I lose fucking track of what I'm doing because they've made me laugh so much. So this was a really, really fun one to do. Sam, Logan, I do apologise that it's taken me this long to get it out, but I hope everyone in this weird kind of period between Christmas and New Year, it's a little, my little gift to you. Um, so yeah, please sit back, enjoy the chat I have with Sam and Logan, and I'll see you on the other side. Cool. Right. So joining me this week on the Justin Insight podcast is two members of Shoegaze Extraordinaires, Greek Death. Um, I'm going to let them introduce themselves and say what they do in the band. So, Sam, if I can start with yourself. Yeah, um, I'm Sam. I play guitar. I sing. That's what I do. And we're also joined by Logan. Hi, I'm Logan, and I do uh, online marketing. Uh I run the Bandcamp store, and uh, I make phone calls, and I play <laughs> guitar. I also play guitar and sing, but I mainly do the first stuff. No worries. Well, guys, thank you very much for, for taking the time to have a little chat with me. Um, I know I said uh, we'll go back to the, the beginning, but I kind of just want to obviously talk about what's going on right now, because obviously you guys just released... Uh, another new single and obviously announced a tour coming up for, for towards the end of the year but how have kind of things been like now that we're kind of quote unquote back to some semblance of reality and you're having to kind of like get those old cogs turning again have, have you felt like has it been easy to step back into it or have you found it hard to kind of get back on the Greek death train so to say I would say um I'll go first. <laughs> I would say I'm having a very hard time uh, trying to like uh, be present. Like, uh, and it's just a, it's a weird time. And like, I don't know how Sam feels about that, but we spent, um, you know, most of quarantine, like recording and just hanging out with each other in the studio um, mm. neither of us were really around a lot of people. Um, I'm a pretty like insular person, which I think is a word. Um, but mm. I'm also an incel. Uh, so I don't know, just being around people again, is fucking weird. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know, I'm having a very hard time, but I did like how you framed that. Like basically now that we're all on the same page that QAnon is real and COVID doesn't exist. We can get back to playing our stupid fucking songs. <laughs> so I like that you in, you introed that like real right wing. Well, I didn't mean it to come off that way. But. Yeah, now that COVID is real, now that you know, now that we're all on the same page, and Sam can go now that well, I intro him. Well, I was going to say, th thanks for outing me as a right winger. Yeah. I appreciate that. A right winger. <laughs> a right winger. Right wing. is, is that a thing that they say over there? A right I don't winger. know. I pro I've probably just made it up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. How about yourself, Sam? Yeah, I, I mean, it's weird. We spent like two years around nobody but like our partners and each other, so... 
and then coming out of it, we're playing like some of the um, biggest in terms of just like the most physical bodies in a room, you know, yeah. um, that we've played. So it's a weird like uh, kind of shock system shock or whatever mm. um you know it's it's really it's awesome to get back to the music being played live uh i think we all like going out um we were all, we were constantly maybe maybe after we got past the first hump it was a little easier but i was definitely concerned going out about just like being around a bunch of people you know we're vaxxed and stuff obviously but getting sick and just trying to make it through the tours and be as safe as we could so it's not like uh somebody came somebody came up to logan i think during one of the shows and was like yeah man i'm just glad you guys aren't scared <laughs> whatever <laughs> and uh, we, he said that and i think he was like yeah i wouldn't say i wouldn't say that but uh <laughs> you yeah know, it's which is you know we're everybody's doing the best we can we just did the tour with uh bentney and the world is and everybody was you know it was locked pretty tight so uh, mm. i think it's just strange getting back to it after not doing it for so long and uh you got some growing pains as far as being in a van for extended time when you and some groin pains as well (laughs) right as we're older because i I don't know i think me and sam have talked about this it's a very integral part of like the development of the band because and I have a feeling that this is where we're going to return to anyways, but for like seven years, we would be happy to play for like 10 people, you know, mm. like 10 paid plus bands is like the type of band that uh, we were and still are in some way, like spiritually, but I don't know, not to toot my own horn, but like there's a lot of fucking people at these shows Mm. And that's kind of a shock because it's like, where the fuck did you guys come from? Uh, I don't know. I'm appreciative no, of it, but it's just odd. And I feel like, yeah, specifically going from like being an incel and being <laughs> um, a cellular person to like people. This happened to us multiple times on tour where like, now Sam is like Sam from Greet Death. And then you you like mm. things we used to do, like hang out at the bar and like watch the bands. There's like people look at you like they're seeing like Kim Kardashian or whatever. And it's <laughs> yeah. just fucking annoying. Or maybe it's not annoying. Maybe that's like, but it's it makes me feel odd. And it makes, doesn't yeah, feel like and I person. totally get that because I think... Like I'm walking even like the shows that fucked up silo that's making a fucked up noise. I'm a power walk, my bad. But like even like the the shows that I've been attending, like as a as a punter, like they are they're all kind of like being sold out and and things like that. Which before COVID, like some of the bands that I would have go been going to, like they would have, as you say, like probably like twenty thirty sort of pay in max sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, yeah, I think it's like a bit of a, a definitely a culture shock for for everyone on all kind of sides of it, which is, I guess, a good and bad thing because I think you just kind of hope that that momentum stays with it and doesn't curtail off. But yeah, well, I think you know I guess the way that you said that. I think you know what's coming. 
there's definitely <laughs> there's a show attendance bubble and i think anyone that thinks their band is going to be playing to 100 paid like two years from now is uh fucking lying to themselves but you know <laughs> yeah i'm appreciating the boom like the yeah, yeah the money aspect of it the fact that we can make enough to like support our friends and uh support ourselves you know like that is cool but it's mm. odd i feel like we skipped uh like we kind of skipped two towers and it was just like fellowship straight into like return of the king extended <laughs> yeah. and it's like what the like it was fellowship reg theatrical cut and then straight into return of the king extended and like there's all this like fucked up cgi and like when frodo runs into mount doom it like doesn't look real i guess yeah <laughs> so yeah. that's how i feel that's fair well as i said i will now sort of bring you guys sort of back to your your kind of roots and origins so Logan we'll start with you like what kind of got you into alternative music in in the first place like what was the starting point for you into did you say into alternative music yeah um you know I've actually never like I was I had an answer in my head for how I got into like music but I don't really think of things like when did I get into alternative music? It's always just been like yeah, that's fair. Music and uh, so I um I don't know. I've always been really sensitive to like music, and I think they call it. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure this happens to most people, but like when I hear a song that I like or a part that I like, the like hair on the back of my neck stands up. So I'd be like sitting in the school bus with my Walkman. Uh, it was a Walkman CD player. I'm not like hella old, but <laughs> I would be sitting there and like having a very like intense physical experience and just being like embarrassed by it. That's like my early, earliest memories with music is like listening to Good Charlotte on the bus mm. and like feeling like <laughs> like someone's about to bully me because i'm having such a blast yeah yeah uh, is good charlotte but alternative did... i think it is i mean yeah i've I'd, I'd class it as that yeah and then because before that i was listening to uh stuff my sister listened to like backstreet right. boys she was really an insane but i was more of a backstreet boy and <laughs> yeah uh, then I bought Aaron Carter's CD. I remember that. The one where he like beats Shaq in basketball and has the house party. <laughs> yeah. It has like a Captain America design on the CD. And I got Good Charlotte. Um, Sam, can you help me out on the name of the album? Is it The Young and Do the you, Hopeless? I, li I literally always forget because I'm not <laughs> a real fan. I It's like... Yeah. <laughs> I think it's called... the. It's the one that's like fucking punk as fuck green and it's, it has the like like this band's trying to be green day but they're not it's it's i don't know what it's the one with all the good songs on it yeah yeah do yeah. with that information what you will <laughs> i pretty much listened to that and i remember uh sam and i at a 
birthday party that I had. I used to have these badass birthday parties where we would go to the arcade. He did. And uh, yeah, this is every I I don't lie. It's just most people assume I'm like full of shit because no one could possibly think of and anyways um so the <laughs> like i had these birthday parties right and we would go to the arcade there was a fucked up like on rail shooter do you remember that one sam yeah i remember these parties very fondly yeah this was pretty much like the best time of my life this is like before i like thought about killing myself um so we got back from the the casino as we would call it that is actually yeah. a lie i call it the casino now but i still go dark <laughs> yeah. and we um i had this uh st- i believe it's called a stereo a stereo mm. cd player and we would crank the uh this record and we would play it front to back but we were just doing like air guitar and shit Right. And we'd look at the back of the CD and I'd be like, I'm this guy. Because before the internet, you didn't really know who was doing what, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, I still have problems with, like, reading comprehension and whatnot. Oh. So, like, I just, I was like, this is probably the guitar player. He's got a really cool, like, shirt on. He's probably the guitar player. And, uh, so, yeah, we, like, pretended we were a band. And then that felt pretty good. And then we had another fake band in, like, fourth or fifth grade. I remember I was playing a lot of SSX uh, three, so I wanted to be a DJ because yeah. I think one of the characters is a DJ. Um, and I thought all you needed was like a record player for that. I didn't understand that like DJs had specific turntables. So mm. my mom had this old like belt drive all in one record player. And I was like, yeah, I'll just use this. And it's like a basically a, like a kitchen cabinet, you know? this is is my setup this is what i need and we had like there were like 12 people in this band it was like the og slipknot or whatever (laughs) it was a kind of a super group and none of us really played instruments but we like we're just planning it out getting the logistical stuff in order and it was called noise from the basement um nice (laughs) i don't think i've told this on a i don't think I think this has ever been converted into uh, <laughs> flack files and uploaded to Spotify or whatever. <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing now that I think about it, but yeah, it's called Noise from the Basement. And we had a drummer, we had like 10 guitar players, 10 backup singers, we had a manager. Um, How old were you? Know, and then I, w- I, w- I was the DJ. And then there's a reason why. I picked up guitar. I think when I figured out you couldn't be a DJ with like an at-home stereo console from the 40s, I think I was like, okay, maybe I can like try to learn how to play guitar. Mm. Um, and then, so I I learned I got my first guitar in fifth grade, and at that point I met my guitar teacher Carl, and it was like off to the fucking races after that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he showed me all kinds of cool shit like we started with the bullshit you know like sheet music and he's like nah fuck this this is whack and then he's like you ever heard of dead kennedys and then you know obviously you can imagine the, yeah yeah basically it went aaron carter good charlotte 
I really can't remember. I think I got into Guns N' Roses and Nirvana at the same time. Hmm. Um, and I was just completely obsessed with Guns N' Roses, mainly Slash. Slash's guitar playing and then Kurt Cobain just being the uh, the coolest person ever. I remember thinking that the fact that he like killed himself was really cool. And I think that that has hmm. like impacted me to this day. I think I have a bit of a self-sabotage thing because I've, I don't know, I got a complex because of that. There's a problem with that, but I I remember I had that Nirvana greatest hits CD and um, we listened to, you know, you're right. on like the way to dinner. And then there was just like a silence after the song ended. And then my dad who, you know, he's so like, I suppose he's a hero of mine. But specifically mm. at that time, like 2005, 2006, he was like, I feel like I have far less you know, to say on that topic, man. I really, was than, I part uh, of Jesus the noise thing? I, I, I forgot yeah. about that. So he was like, oh, tortured soul. Cause it like, and I was like, damn, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I, you know, that is a very thorough answer to a very basic question. No, no, I appreciate so it. I think I Sam can it. probably oh, talk yeah. for the rest of the episode. The and he should be good. <laughs> Who is the man? My bad. It's all good. So, yeah, Sam, how about you? How did you kind totally. of get into things? Hey, that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, that would have been elementary school, right? It's, I, I don't, maybe. I really, not, o- not old enough to. I think Colin Bazard was the drummer and Tyler yeah, Allen was the guitar player because he's claimed that he learned how to play guitar in first grade, <laughs> which is not a um, real thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, I think it was James. I think it was James Cassar. Because how old were you guys at this point? Uh, however old you are in 2004. However old you are in 2004. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the creep. Yeah, give them the creepiest answer. Not old enough. (laughs) (laughs) We were in fourth grade, which I believe you guys call that like Hogwarts or something over there. (laughs) Like, oh, we're in grade four. Oh, oh. I also, at the yeah. end of this episode, <laughs> I have no argument for that. At the end of this episode, I am going to do a Scottish accent. I want you to, um, uh, to like, let me know how good it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it was grade four, bruv. It was pretty much grade four when we shot a noise from the basement, bruv. Brilliant. Right. Okay. So, Sam, how's <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. How how did you get to music? Let's get this back on track. Yeah, my bad. Um, short answer is probably Logan, but um, I like I would steal my mom's like uh, on the school bus. I would take like my dad's cheap trick CDs. Uh, I had like one of my mom's Bon Jovi CDs. That's pretty embarrassing. Um, I think like at one point Logan like saw that in my portable CD player and was like, "Dog, what the fuck are you listening to?" <laughs> But, um, <laughs> uh, you know, so, but, but eventually I was like hanging out with Logan and we were like at a softball game or something for probably your older sister. No, no, it was Tanner. Um, 
It was Tanner. Okay. I, yeah, I didn't Tanner. know which one it was. It wasn't, but... it was uh, just like slow pitch, little league. Shiawassee uh, oh, Basin. Yeah, that makes Shiawassee that makes Basin. sense. That makes sense. Well, he showed me, he started showing me Enema of the State, the Blink 182 right. record. And then I forget if that was. This would have been like 2007. Yeah, My I bad. forget if that was before before I started playing bass or whatever, but Logan had started playing guitar, and my dad plays bass uh, with his friends in a band. So so I was like, yeah, like, uh, you know, just wanting to play music with Logan because my dad was in a band, mm. and I was like, oh, that's that's pretty much the coolest thing you could do, right? But um, anyway, so we ended up seeing Blink-182 at some point, and that was like our first show that we ever saw, and it was pretty much... Um, that was what, you know, ruined my life because it was like, oh, yeah. that's, all, that's all I want to do now. Like you see that and, you know, you see the people that you've been listening to that you think are not real. Like they don't, it doesn't feel real because you're so young. You don't really, mm. but when you go see them play on stage and you've never seen a show before, you can't get that. Like I've been chasing that my entire life now. You can't get that back. That like magic yeah. of like, like when I see shows now, I don't know if it's because I play shows and like whatever tour but like i don't have that mysticism anymore unless unless it's like a band that i've never heard and i'm seeing them for the first time and i'm like who the fuck is this then in those moments i i do feel that and that's really cool but anyway so it it is kind of um sad that at least for me like i can't i can't feel that anymore that like magical feeling of like it's like magical realism or something you know i don't know but um, it's mm. it's a very childlike thing. But anyway, so we did that, and we started. Logan and I would hang out, and we'd hang out in his basement, and and put Enema of the State on, and we'd learn the songs. Uh, in my case, not very well, but I'd kind of bullshit, uh, and we just kind of like, you know, um, pretend we were in the band, I guess, and like play the songs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I spent a lot of time in like middle school and high school, like going through. I would get on itunes now apple music now it's something that nobody uses and uh like look through like you're like recommended much like you'd go to spotify and look at your algorithm shit like yeah that, that wasn't a thing back then so i would just like buy an album on, on apple music on itunes download it and then i'd look at the recommended and i'd go on youtube and i'd do the same thing and i just um find a lot of bands like that like after um mm. like war paint or something or like Death Cab for Cutie was a big band for me. Um, so, yeah, just a lot of stuff like that. I don't, I think it took people kind of, uh, before before I um, started kind of listening to that music with Logan and stuff, I didn't really like listen to a lot of music. It's kind of weird. I was a very, I think when I was a lot younger, I claimed that I didn't like music, which is pretty funny. Mm. So, um, but it was always around. My parents were always playing yeah. Beatles and The Who and musical uh house you know yeah and you mentioned that your your dad obviously played bass in a band and obviously because logan was playing guitar did you kind of like gravitate towards bass because your dad was doing it or because logan was doing guitar did you want to do something different or how did you kind of settle on the bass to start with yeah, I, th I think both because I looked up to my dad and I was like, damn, like it, I would like pick it. Uh, he always had a bass around and there's a funny thing I did once when I was very little where I detuned his fucking bass and he got so mad. <laughs> I don't know why he got so mad, but but I like totally just loosened the fuck out of all of them. 
and he was like what the hell <laughs> you know that was i don't know how old i was it's like so was, easy to fix yeah, I don't. it's like it's funny it's like not a thing that's worth getting mad about and then not to call you out sam but you did uh gloss over a very important um period of your life where the first instrument uh, you actually uh, took lessons for was the violin very good, very good point yeah uh i'm not sure so i wanted to learn an instrument in like second or third grade but i didn't know what so yeah for some reason i thought the violin was really cool and and it is cool it's really um so <laughs> it's like such a funny starting no it point. is and i like so i was taking um, lessons at pontiac pontiac music and sound which is not a thing anymore but uh excuse yeah, me yeah, yeah from a, a couple different people at, and uh i know there was a kid in third grade that i tried to be like yo, yo you want to jam sometime because he played guitar pretty fucking funny but you know you're young <laughs> and you're just trying to fucking relate to people um yeah i got this charlie daniels movie. yeah 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 i got this like i'm working on this trans-siberian uh, orchestra song yeah, I got this like yo-yo ma, but on a violin yeah. type beat. I'm working. And obviously, on. like later on, uh, when I got into sixth grade, I went into actual band and I started playing trumpet. Uh, and shortly after, it switched to French horn because my director wanted me to. And I played French horn for eight years in like uh, band and marching band, but the violin stuff was before that. Um, and I don't right. even know why I did that. I wasn't playing in a band. I was just like, but you know, you could tell that like music was like something I was interested in, I guess, from a young age. So yeah, when the opportunity came to, I only did that for a couple of years. Um, but then, yeah, I think because of my dad and because Logan was already playing guitar and I was like, oh, well, you know, I'll play bass. Uh, Cause like Logan's like Tom DeLonge and I'm, I'll be like Mark Hoppus, you know? <laughs> and yeah. and in in yeah. a lot of ways that's pretty much been our dynamic the entire time so yeah well that's what my next question was going to be like so because obviously you guys have grown up together like have you always been sort of i guess once you started realizing like oh i can write music on a, on this instrument and like rather than it just being like wanting to be a blink 182 covers band or whatever yeah. like have you guys been writing music together pretty much since day dot yeah I think um so. i would yeah i don't know how the fuck we ever my earliest memory of songwriting is like i was in miss tweddle's class in sixth grade and she taught us uh rhyme schemes and i remember a me because i was already pretty heavy in the guitar yeah. but i was just learning like metallica riffs that i just wanted to be like the ultimate shredder at this stage um so i remember it, it felt like the the wool had been uh lifted or whatever that i i peeked behind uh the shower curtain or <laughs> what the fuck that i was good i was trying to do oz <laughs> just run that back just delete that <laughs> the um I don't know. It just felt like I had uncovered this like Nicolas Cage secret. And I was like, oh, my God, this is how fucking songs are made. And I like instantly went home and wrote like the worst songs imaginable. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know why Sam and I ever thought we could do that. I don't know what led us to believe we could try to do that. Mm. I know e even before that, I was writing riffs. And I would show my guitar teacher and he would like 
tell me what he thought of them. And I remember I had this one that was like, do you play an instrument or do you just uh, no, I, a big podcast I'm guy? a big podcast guy. I attempt to do vocals, but that is the extreme of my okay. my musicality. Well, that doesn't yeah, count. Yeah, exactly. That, does, that shit doesn't count. <laughs> but there's if you play guitar, there's like a thing that happens sometimes where you like accidentally bend the like the the bottom e string like up and it makes us a really weird sound like it goes up almost a full step but not really and like it's the sound of like the string stretching over the edge of the fret and i had written a riff that (laughs) that used that uh technique and i just remember my guitar teacher carl he was like yeah man that one needs some work (laughs) (laughs) but and then so you know like like you said, we were like a Blink-182 covers group or whatever. And, like, I remember Sam, like, had this Squire Affinity Telecaster. And we were writing, like, bullshit, right? Like, we were writing, like, Screeching Weasel type, like, dumbass punk mm. music. You know, if you could even call it that. And Sam was, like, trying to bring these, like, alternative sort of like Silver Sun Pickup, Smashing Pumpkins, 1979 style riffs. And I would be like, I'm not going to play that, but I'll play it this way. And I'll go, and we would just ruin his songs. <laughs> and I, I like think about if we would have just let Sam lead that band, which at the time, um, well, I went, there was a, we had a band that was a metal band called Shell Shock. That was like, lasted for like two practices um then we were american nation that was like 2009 going into high school and then we were wishing well which that was like three piece like we're a punk band Mm. playing playing punk songs um during that time sam was like trying to show us these like actual good songs that were like very moody and uh had cool chords and to me, I, that, I was just, like, too punk for that. So I would just take his songs and, like, ruin them. But I, I really wish I would have been, like, more mature and, like, just let him lead. But I don't – at that stage of my life, like, all I listened to was really shitty punk music made by shitty people. So it was kind of hard to, like – I don't know. So I just wanted to say I'm sorry, I guess. <laughs> It's all a, a product of who we were. Also, I did. I mean, even if I was writing like cool ideas, they were not like I didn't have the guitar. Not like I was teaching myself guitar because I couldn't. I I didn't. I couldn't write shit on bass. Like I wanted to write guitar mm. shit, and that's something I just continued to work on pretty much without lessons for a long time. And I didn't have a lot of guitar knowledge. Um, but uh, so yeah, part of that too is like logan trying to translate some of my very shitty uh guitar work you know so there's two sides to that is all i'm saying you know it's like mm. I, I i do i do that to the till correct, this day correct <laughs> um so not in a way in a way i'm still ruining your songs and not much has oh, changed. oh well i wouldn't say that but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. for comedy's sake i we can say that yeah um 
yeah, I, sorry, I forget where we were before that. Um, that is cool. I was just going to say, because obviously, like you've mentioned, there was kind of like various sort of iterations of like early bands and things like that. But what would you guys kind of say was like the first band that you guys did together that was like a quote unquote proper band? Like you were actively doing shows, you were writing and recording music and, and maybe going on your first tour. Right. So, well, in high school, we we t- we had this punk band called 36 Fits for a while um, because the Wishing Well band became 36 Fits because there was another band on MySpace called Wishing Well. Right. So, you know, you can't be doing that. So um, Logan came up with 36 Fits. Um, I forget how. I was just uh, there. There's a. So there was an Australian band that I followed on YouTube that was a Blink ripoff. They were called 52 Flicks. Cool. And then I was looking for for <laughs> for band names and um, I saw the movie 36 Crazy Fist. Yes. And that's how I came up with that. It was a terrible band name, but I just wanted a band name with numbers because numbers are cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but so... To this day, I kind of wish we had numbers in our band name, but that's, you know... Um, right. So we did that punk band for a while and we were going to play a birthday party, but we, we never did. So we would just play in each other's garages and basements. Anyway, though, at some point we started, uh, in high school, we stopped doing that. And then we like got into that, um, uh, kind of like, uh, weird, like indie surf revival with like waves and best coast and surfer blood. Um, we were like, well, let's let's try to make some fucking like indie music or something. I don't know. Um, so it was kind of after a little bit of a break and kind of a perspective change, a little bit of I'm not going to say maturing, which I mean, that is what it was. But, it, you know, I say that with a grain of salt because you're like yeah, a, yeah. So- a sophomore in high school. But so we, we went to see some of those like bands that were on the like pitchfork indie uh, surf revival circuit, whatever. That was really big at the time. Um and we started trying to make weird, like, fucked up, like, pop uh, surf music. I don't know. Um, just indie. Just some yeah. 2009, 10, 11. Yeah. But we, we um, at that point, there was, like, a local music shop that opened called Capital Music. And nobody played music in our town. Like, there were coffee shop, like, acoustic guitar players, I think. But that's it. So, like, mm. we asked this guy who had a stage in there, uh, Brad, this older guy, Brad if we could do a show there or somehow, I don't remember if we were the ones that asked, but we played an open mic and uh, we had some songs and we did a radio head cover and we call ourselves the glass Cokes, like the bridge. We were the glass Cokes for one show, but we played that talent show and uh, or not talent show uh, open mic. Sorry. We did play a talent show later, but um, yeah, it was cool. I mean, we were, it felt cool to play a show uh, even though it was an open mic. Um, so after that, we changed our band name to Pines because we were like, well, all these all these like West Coast Florida bands have like surf names. What do we have in Michigan? Pretty cool. So <laughs> mm. we were Pines for a long time. We actually released our first seven inch, which is now re-released as a Greet Death release, but under the name Pines. Um, we didn't oh, cool. we didn't change the name to Greet Death until we put the the first record out, but. I don't know, Logan, how would you describe the trajectory from there? 
Uh, I would say a downhill trajectory. <laughs> I mean, we had. I would describe it as downhill. We um. I, I think Logan and I talk about how in a lot of ways the music we wrote in high school, like late high school, early like Pines era was better than what we were writing in college, trying to like figure out what we, we got into this weird like jammy era where we were like writing a lot of weird drawn out jammy songs and that shit, mm. stuck. that shit sucked. Um, but we wrote, we, yeah, it was, it was, we wrote a lot of weird, like mainly Logan wrote a lot of weird, like pop songs in high school that I think to this day are very cool songs. And then we started, you know, I think you just start going through so many phases trying to learn who you are as an artist and a person that you just have to go on this crazy journey of like, I'm going to write this song. I'm going to write this song. Does this suck? I don't fucking know. Let's try this weird, like jazz breakdown in the middle of this pop song or like, you know, whatever. Mm um yeah we got really into that band swans at some point and so we had like we basically what we would do is write five songs change our sound scrap them write five more songs scrap them change our sound so for a period we were like a fucked up noise band and we had like three songs um anyway i'm kind of on a diatribe yeah now, this would have been like 2000 2012 to like what fucking 2015 yeah yeah or something yeah. Mm. Um, we did have a song though those were the dark we earlier we played um i don't remember when it was but we wrote a song called heavy that was basically this very long like song made up of three other songs i don't know why we were really into writing long songs but and to an extent we kind of still are but I, I don't know what that was but um we had these three songs and this was still in high school like we were seniors in high school writing kind of more poppy stuff and mm. uh, we had these three songs that kind of we liked all the songs and somebody had the idea to put them all together um, into a big 20 minute song. And we were like, this is sick because we're, tr you know, you're trying to, there's probably a little showboatiness there because we would play these shows and we would play like three songs. We'd play two four minute songs and a 20 minute song. And that was what we'd right, do for yeah, a yeah. while. But um, we recorded that it's called heavy and we put it out on CD and I think that was it. It might still be on Bandcamp. I don't know. Um, but that was kind of the first thing we did. Um, mm. Anyway. But so a lot of change, you know. Uh, and eventually, mm. somewhere in there, the songs that ended up being on Dixieland were written. But that was not until, like, later, 2015. Yeah, yeah. And you... Well, 2016, 2016, we did that 7-inch. And that was two songs I had written that were like loud, fuzzy shoegaze. And you can find that on Spotify. Yeah. And that's In Heaven, Your Lowell. That was the moment where I don't remember why, but I, I remember going to see bands like Cloakroom and Nothing and Were and uh, whatever like 2015, 16 shoegaze bands yeah. there were. And like none of um, with the exception of Cloakroom, like the vocals are very weak in those bands. And I remember thinking, well, this is kind of like how we made fucked up pop music, but we could make like shoegaze with actual good vocals. Yeah. And then I wrote two songs that were really simple because it, it, it had gotten so bad. And we were we were trying so hard to be like weird that I had forgotten how to write songs with more than like one line mm. 
re the reason why the songs that I wrote in high school were so much better is because they were so simple. And like in uh, like 2010 or 11, I got into waves. Yeah. And I was like, wow, you can write a song with just two lines. Like, that's not bad. Like, I could do that. I could think of two lines. And I don't know. It's just, it's odd that we lost our way so hard, you know? And I think that, I don't know. I don't know what advice to give to, like, people who are trying to get into songwriting. But I think as soon as you stop writing about your actual life and you start writing about things that I would say are, like, cinematic, you know, you try to write like oh like this fucked up riff that goes on for four minutes and then it's just one line you know like i think me and sam were trying to be like these college art dudes. yeah yeah and that's not that's not who i am sam is sam has a college degree <laughs> so i don't want to speak for him but like I don't know. How do you feel about that, Sam? Like, I, I honestly think a lot of those songs we came up with when we were, like, fucking 16 are, like, some of those ideas are really fucking good, you know? They're not executed well and certainly not recorded well, but I don't know, like, the original Daphne, you know? Right. Like, I think of, I think of that and I'm like, how did we lose our fucking way? I mean, you know? I think it's, I, think, I don't know. It's kind of depressing. I think it's just also part of like learning learning who you are, like what your identity is. Like you have to write a lot of bad songs before you you know what I mean? Like you should I think most yeah. songwriters yeah. and artists or whatever have probably written, have made so much art that nobody has ever seen and will ever see, you know, to get to where they are. And it's you're testing shit out. I don't know. Yeah, thank fuck. Um I would also Thank fuck. I would also do this thing, and this taught me a lot about how to write songs and play a little better and, like, how to record, is that I would just hang out in my parents' basement for a lot of high school, and I would write these, like, records. I would, like, come up with these stories that I wanted to tell through songs and records, and I would just go in the basement, and I had this this sketchy program that my dad had called Magics or something, Magic. It was like some fucked up DAW, like a like a Pro Tools clone. Uh, later, I got mm. a demo of Pro Tools. But the point is, I would sit in my basement every day that I wanted to, and just I would record songs and make records. And I'm I, like, I would show them to a couple friends, but like that was it, you know. So yeah, I, I remember we used to you and I would go to Zach Frick's house, and we would play solo acoustic material, like not band stuff. Because I saw that Sam was doing that, and I was like, oh, I got to fucking do that. I got to get my own solo shit going. Mm. And it never, I never recorded it. But I, I have every notebook. Like, every song I've ever written, I have a hard copy of. Like, since I learned how to do poetry in, like, sixth grade, which is embarrassing. But it's, it's also... Because, like, the, the things that Sam is referring to are, were probably on that laptop that got, like, fucking wiped, mm. you know? And that shit depresses me because I would like to... It'd be so cool that a lot of those songs that... The project, I think, was called Campfire Time Capsule at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I just... I don't know. I wish we could listen to those songs again. Or even our old uh, pop punk band, I think the myspace might still be active i'm really inviting the fucking <laughs> i don't know 
like uh i don't know i i wish uh it's cool to look back on that stuff and see how far you yeah come. yeah definitely and then to, just to to wrap up what i was building real quick like 2016 we're like oh let's do shoegaze and then after that sam had written bow sam had written whatever other songs that uh escape valediction you know all dixieland yeah. stuff I don't know. It, it, I feel like it makes sense when you lay it out on a timeline like mm. this, but it really did take us fucking forever to get to a point where, and even, you know, Dixieland and New Hell, there's a lot of emulating going yeah, on yeah. on those records. Even now, I think we're just now starting to do our own thing, like myself and yeah. Sam. Mm. I think. Street Death is getting to the point now where it's not like, oh, let's make shoegaze music. It's like we're just hanging out in the studio and writing songs. Mm. And these are the textures we like. You know, there's not I don't I don't like to think about like genre like Yeah, that. yeah, that's cool. Kind of like how I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast. It's like I'm not like, oh, this is alternative music. This is country music. This is all country. Like, I don't know. They there are like no rules you know we're not fucking playing at the house of blues mm. you know we're not like pulling down our pants and being <laughs> on like a fan's face you know we're not a fucking we're not a fucking rage against the machine cover but did you see that fucking i can't statement? What a i loser. can't get that out of my head what a fucking loser yeah i can't get that video did on. you see the statement though do you know what i'm referring uh, yeah. to i didn't see a statement no dude okay so this person they and like whatever like I'm not trying to fucking kink shame, but those people didn't fucking show up to see someone's yeah, face get pissed on. they didn't consent to seeing like, someone's face get pissed on. Yeah, dude, they're like, oh, you don't understand consent. And it's like, what about the people that went to the fucking House of Blues to see a dumbass fucking loser-ass cover band? And all of a sudden, they're seeing, like, the piss play, dude. <laughs> like, what about that? What about those people? Like, they're probably kids. Yeah. Oh, there. definitely. Like... Dude, like, and their statement was like, I've always tried to push the limits of performance. <laughs> it's like, dude, you, we are not talking about the same. They're like, I, I put performance before the music or something. Like, you're so full of fucking shit, dog. You play in a, you play in a gimmick ass cover band. Like, get real, dog. You play in a fucking gimmick cover band. You do, you do Rage Against the Machine songs with fucking trumpets or trump, <laughs> yeah. whatever the fuck. Sam was in bands. He can, <laughs> he can fucking say what brass they're fucking using. But like, fuck you, dude. Like, I, I'm so over fucking pretending that like, dog. Some things are fucked up. Like, you can't just fucking pee on someone's head. Some things are still fucked up, dude. Like, not everything. It's not the fucking... It's not Fallout 4 in this fucking world. You know? Like, we're not... <laughs> I don't know. I'm... I just think peeing on someone's face is, like... Not everyone got tickets to see a cover band to see someone's face get power washed yeah, yeah. PP. You know? <laughs> You know what I mean? I don't think that's a fucking even a hot take. No, not <laughs> the only thing that's hot about that take is the fucking piss <laughs> on that dude's face. 
Are you kidding me, dog? Like, I don't know. And, you know, whatever. I'm fucking square. I don't want someone to piss on my face. Like, I don't know what that communicates about me. Probably that I'm, like, super religious and that I love God. Or well, something. you know, but, I think, like you said, the point is that the people didn't, nobody consented to seeing that. Nobody paid to see that. Like, that's not okay to assume that everybody's yeah. okay to see that. That's That's not okay. I think as a baseline human interaction, you should assume that not everyone is okay with you peeing on someone's face Yeah. in public. Do whatever you want to do. Like, do whatever you want to do, but Jesus Christ, dog. Like, maybe if you were, like, a punk band, that'd be cool. <laughs> you know, you're playing someone's basement. We saw a dude, we saw a dude light his underwear on fire. That was pretty Yeah, cool. that was pretty. I saw his ding, I saw his fucking ding. I saw his ding dong flopping around on fire. Like it was pretty. Nothing wrong. That's with that. mild compared to the video we're referring to, though, because that was yeah, yeah. very performative and pretty, very little. Like he wasn't flaunting his shit. It was it was pretty performative and you know I don't think that was on the same level. Yeah, and you know, don't get me wrong. There's an element to it where like anytime a a non man does anything like phoebe bridgers smashes a guitar mm. everyone's like hey, fucking dude. like couldn't you have donated that guitar to like a kid who never had a fucking nintendo switch in his life <laughs> yeah. like what the fuck are we talking about dude like i get you know there's an there's a huge factor that is just the fact that she's not a man oh yeah yeah, yeah definitely you know or the, the Sophie person. You know what I mean? Like, I don't fucking know them. But I don't know. Your band fucking sucks. I'm not going to go to bat for a fucking cover band ever in my fucking <laughs> life. Like, you're a fucking loser. Like, just admit you can't write songs and that you're, like, a fucking loser. That's all I want to say. And you didn't ask for that. <laughs> but now now you're getting it. My it's bad. Okay. It's okay. I'm sorry. You know, Sam was supposed to do this podcast by himself, and I was like, "No, I want to do it." <laughs> I'm glad you're so here. good. It's... No, I'm glad you're here. Okay, it's well, good. I appreciate no, your, it. your input is very welcome, Logan. It's all good. Do you know that Logan is a Scottish name? It is. It's it's technically a yeah. Scottish surname, but. Yeah, yeah, but the, so there's a Logan uh, clan over there that uh, the Logans uh, did immigration. <laughs> I don't know what the word is. Did immigration. Um, and they became the bishops. And then my name is a, a reference to the Logan, the Logans that, uh, you know, the Logans all around yeah, the world. Yeah. So when, when we when we play shows there, I want to try to find them. I mean, you, you'll probably be able to find one pretty easily. There's, there's quite a lot of locals yeah. in Scotland. So. Well, that's yeah. good news. Uh, can I do my Scottish accent now? I thought you were going to leave it to the end, but if you, I'm going to, it's up to you. It's like this, this has to, Sam can keep going. This has to be the end for me. Cause I got to get back to work, <laughs> but ask me a, a question and I'll respond in my best Scottish accent, which full disclosure is not good okay but you know well if you're if you're leaving us then logan i'll ask you what how i usually end the podcast but i'll ask you now so what's your favorite greek death song that you like to play live and why 
Um, okay. Now I have performance anxiety. <laughs> but basically, when we're playing live, it's all fucking bits and off, laddie. It's all fucking bits and off. I'll turn me up on a fucking blast, that fucker. I'll fucking turn me up on, step on their, their fucking distortion pedal, whatever. Comes out, comes out. I mean, it's not bad. You wavered at parts, but it's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> like, uh, okay, let me try to do one that's more like um, not Viking, <laughs> like not like art. Because I, I got nervous and I think I went to. Uh... But I, it has to start with basically. That's how I get into my. Okay. <laughs> basically, ba- basically, a lot like when we go to play there ain't no rules like it depends it it all depends on what i what i'm feeling that night you know like we have a new song it's called motherfucker it's called it's new it's not recorded okay i just in it's in an alternate tuning okay alternate tuning and uh, i i really i I really enjoy that i really enjoy playing that what what do you think of that one? I think that one was. I mean, better. certain words you nailed it, but yeah. All right, you can. Uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm. Wor- I, I just want you to know that I'm working on. No, it. no, it's no, not that's like cool. A, that's cool. I appreciate. I'm aware that it's. I'm aware that it's not that good. <laughs> oh, I've completely lost where we were in the original conversation. Now <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, that's what happens when the Scott, when the fucking Logans run over the hills. <laughs> we we fuck those fucking uh, what do they call you? <laughs> give me give me some slang. You're British, right? You're English. Yeah, I don't know what you mean. What do they call me? What what do Scottish people call? Oh English God, people? I don't know. I don't. It does, it, I'm not. I'm not telling you to say like a. No, I know, but I literally like. Idiot, I can't. Idiot. I honestly can't. Like a word like yeah, that. Yeah, I can't think to be honest. Because I'm like where I am. I'm right down the other end of the country, so I don't have much interaction with Scottish people. You never like fought with them. No. I'm good. I'm good terms with the okay. Scots that I do know. So no, no. Well, it makes sense that you can't fucking think of anything. <laughs> Because you're just a stupid tea tea bagger, <laughs> the tea bagger. That's what they would call you. Do you know what the content? Or, is? They would call you're you're not woke. You're a, a right winger. <laughs> <laughs> you're not woke enough, lad. That you're a, a right winger. I've, oh, I really got to go. They're fucking yelling. Um, at me, Logan, so. appreciate your time, man, and thank you for the laughs. Yeah, I'm sorry for Ru- I'm sorry, Sam. I know I I didn't mean to hog them. You're good. It's all good. I don't know. I had a good well. Time. Ask Sam some like in- insightful <laughs> shit. Now that the the fucking ignorant dude is out of it. <laughs> the dude doing accents. Now that the ignorant dude doing accents in the. I don't know. Whatever. I don't give a fuck about anything. Later, man. Cheers, Logan. God, God bless, yep. dude. God bless. All right. All right. <laughs> I honestly, that was throwing me for a loop, but I fucking loved it. Um, where were, I can't even remember where I was. Oh, right. I think I can get us back on track. 
so oh that's what i was gonna ask because you mentioned like when you guys started like with pines obviously the the kind of like first thing you had was that kind of open mic situation and obviously like from the global news that everyone knows about like flint michigan like that's the kind of um what's the word i'm looking for like the stereotype of, of living there but like for music was there like a live scene there at all or did you have to like scrap to find like going to gigs and and things like that yeah so i mean there were like a couple people playing in bands like in our small town which was called holly but mm. the only shows that were happening were happening for a very brief like year to year and a half span of time at this at this capital music store and i don't think brad really liked having shows because it would be us and it would be like some metalcore bands that would like get the crowd rowdy they'd bring kids that wanted to like mosh you know and this was like right, a, yeah. this was like a very docile music store that was small so when kids would start moshing nothing really got fucked up but like brad was worried about it and i don't blame him you know so i think he kind of stopped having shows because of that but um uh bands you know a band would come from the next town over sometimes a band would come from like 30 minutes away and one time a band came um and we ended up kind of making some i'm not gonna say friends but kind of acquaintances in the scene mm. that we would become a part of in flint because these kids would come and play capital music and be like yo we're from clio yo we're from flint you should come out and play a show in clio so we did and that was our first like show out of town was we drove 30 minutes right, yeah. to a town called clio played this like coffee bar there and at that point like i was we loaded all our gear into the van which was no 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 no. it was a jeep that i drove a jeep cherokee and then my parents van and they helped us bring our gear so we had like a two-car setup including my parents that we drove 30 minutes to this show but to to me that was crazy because we were out of our town mm. we brought our gear i was like oh this is what being on tour is like you know we're in like uh you know it's like 2011 we're like juniors or something or yeah, yeah. seniors in high school and um yeah so it that was pretty much all it was to speak of there wasn't i wouldn't say at all there was a music scene but there were kids playing band uh in bands and there were there were people that would come play this music store from a couple couple towns around i'm not sure how mm. they found out about it but um that was kind of it and then we didn't some of those kids we met though would later get us into playing a club in flint called the flint local which is pretty much the reason we're a band is because we started playing in flint um and a lot of people supported us and we made a lot of friends and ended up playing other places around michigan and that's that's pretty much why we are a band now mm. But in terms of you kind of like, I guess, being like more of a, a music fan and a punter and like going to like discover music, was there was there much that you could do around there or did you have to travel further afield to like the bigger like Michigan cities to, to find that sort of thing? Well, where we where we're from is cool because there's not really anything immediately around to do like musically, but you're not very far from almost every major city in Michigan. You're an hour from right, Detroit, okay. you're 30 minutes from where we played in Flint, you're an hour from Ann Arbor, you're two hours from Grand Rapids. Um, we would play a lot in like Saginaw sometimes, you're an hour away from that. So we had to start traveling and that was like, there was a, 
a couple year span where we would just play every week, every weekend, somewhere different hmm. um, in Michigan. And it was honestly mainly through word of mouth. Like we would play somewhere and a band would be like, yo, we got to get you guys here. Or like a person would be like, yo, you got to play my bar in Hamtramck or something. And for a good two years or more, like honestly, probably most of our, before we put out any like record or anything, we would just get asked to play shows in different parts of the state and we would go. Mm. Mm. You know? So then in terms of that, then like what was your kind of like first sort of touring experience and like what kind of, cause I know you, you mentioned that obviously like Pines was kind of what first started and eventually kind of led up to Greek death, but there was kind of different iterations of it in the middle so what was the first kind of one that you actually were co- doing stuff out of state and going on tour with or did that co- kind of not really happen until you got to sort of the greek death like phase of things right so in i think before we put out the seven inch we were still called pines uh we so a friend that we used to play music with in middle school when we had the punk bands um named uh uh, Zed moved down to Asheville, North Carolina. Um, and originally we were, we were friends with Zed in, in, in middle school, but, mm. uh, and, and part of high school, but they moved to North Carolina. So we knew that they, they would keep in touch with us. And we were like, they were like, you should come play Asheville sometime. And we were like, yeah, we should. So the first thing we did out of state was, um, we, we went to Asheville. We booked a show there at a house and uh, I needed to book a show on the way down. So I ended up last minute booking a show in Evansville, Indiana. Am I correct? Evans, Evansville, Indiana at a place called mm. PG. So it was a two show run, uh, about <laughs> yeah. a, a 10 hour drive down to Asheville and a 10 hour drive back. So we played PG in Evansville, Indiana. The show was uh, crazy it was so good i don't know how we hopped on a show last minute <laughs> we made a lot of money that we had no business making we made fans that are still fans of our band today and talk about that show and then we went to Asheville, uh played a house with our friend it was a really cool fucking show met a lot of cool people and then we drove 10 hours home <laughs> and, th- and that was in my pontiac minivan that i had bought nice yeah um and we were still called pines and then li- uh, i think the next year w- it was either later that year or next year uh, we did a couple shows in chicago um for the first time uh and like i'm gonna be honest with you it's possible that the chicago shows came first but i don't think so i think we went to Asheville first so it was a couple mm. it was a couple weekenders and then we continued to do weekenders like we'd go to ohio or we'd go to you know um indiana um but um I, the, the that band wilco i don't know if you ever listened to wilco but i remember hearing yeah, yeah yeah jeff tweedy once said like talking about how they got started he was like yeah i mean you just like pick somewhere and you go and you try to book a show there. And then maybe next month you're like, Oh, maybe we can play in like Kansas city or something. Maybe we can get a show there. And that's kind of been my ethic the entire time that I've booked for this band, which Mm. is just like, maybe we can go here. Maybe we can fill in the shows along the way. So, um, we just kind of branched out from there. And we, we played a lot of shows with a band called mover shaker, which is not a band 
anymore. They just stopped playing together. But mm. they would book a lot. Of, we, we would do joint tours where we were big fans of each other's bands. And we would just be like, you want to do a tour together? Okay, let's do it. Um, so they would book shows. They would help me get contacts and learn how to book better. And vice versa, we'd book shows for them. So the tours just got gradually bigger, um, touring with other bands and, and doing it ourselves. Mm. And so obviously, if we kind of get on to now where like Greek Death started, so, well, I say started, but like, what did Pines kind of just naturally kind of evolve into Greek Death? Or was there like a definite sort of, okay, Pines are stopping, now we're doing this kind of project? Yeah, well, we knew that there were like 17 other bands called Pines. There was another band in New Jersey called Pines that had a lot more listeners than us. So we were like, well, we're fucked already. So mm. and we were kind of like wanting something more specific and kind of poignant. Um, so it was kind of a point of contention for a while, but we did the seven inch. And then very shortly after we realized we were going to change the name, um, so and we continued to sell that seven inch and we actually just rebranded it. We re we had flesh and bone, our friends Jake and Casey redesign the seven inch and we re mm. we re-released it. I mean you you probably saw that. I think Logan talked about yeah. that earlier, but and it's cool because it's on Spotify now. We didn't really do like a wide release for it when we were called Pines, so it kind of worked out to where we finally put it on Spotify and it's got the the new, you know, the actual band name correct now. Mm. Um, but yeah, we were just, we, we had written all the songs on Dixieland, like as pines. And we kind of, we got to the point where we were like, okay, we did the seven inch. We kind of know what we want to sound like, at least right now. Like we have these songs. It, it, it wasn't so much that we know what we want to sound like, but we had all these songs that sounded like they lived in the same like world so we were like all right yeah let's do a record and let's change the name when we put the record mm. out so it, it was all very everything's always been pretty gradual and not like there wasn't a point where we were like oh we're not pines anymore like obviously that yeah. point was when we put the record out but but uh yeah that's kind of how that yeah happened. there was no like explanation point to it sort of thing yeah, I'm honestly they're really people people still joke sometimes and make posts like about pines or they'll say you know they'll be at a show and somebody'll say it or somebody'll say like pines was better and it's you know it's funny, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's it's good. Um so yeah, I don't know. It's a, a lot of it, it was the best decision we've ever made for branding and for uh you know, every identity reasons and everything else. Mm. And in terms of kind of, I guess that like in terms of kind of more visibility and, and things like that, was there kind of like a specific moment that you can kind of remember? Like, I guess you were saying like when you kind of started playing more out of state and things like that, but was there a specific moment that you can remember like, oh, there's people that are giving more of a shit about our band and people want to listen to us and I guess like more eyes getting on you sort of thing? I mean, the cool thing about our history and our like progression as a band is that it's always like pre pre COVID everything we've done has felt so organic in the sense that yeah we like even going back to when we first started playing different cities around Michigan it's like you go somewhere and you play for probably almost nobody but maybe next time you go like that person's there and they brought a couple friends and that's pretty much the like our ethic as a band and that's how it's felt 
almost the entire time is that we play places, people hear about us, they want us to play somewhere else, or they come next time, or they hit us up, or, um, you know, and it's the just steady, slow growth that way to where maybe somebody makes a post about your band being cool or whatever, or like um, somebody posts something. I, I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to explain, I guess, but I've enjoyed that kind of organic element of growth where um you can you can feel it you know you can Mm. you and we would we would pay attention to our facebook likes way too much back then and just like watching that (laughs) stuff grow you kind of feel like an rpg character or whatever you're leveling up but but what i always the one thing i will say about that is i always felt like when people would when we'd see like new likes on our facebook page way back in the day we'd be like oh i remember them from the show like i remember that yeah yeah or like oh i think i saw them at the show and that was such a cool thing because it's like you went somewhere you played and you made a fan or something you Mm. know yeah yeah Um, i think like we touched on briefly like covid has been weird because we put that record out and then our band like grew even though we weren't playing any shows Mm. um and now after covid like we're playing to a lot more people, which I think is partially because of the show boom. Everybody's just excited to go to shows. I think that's most of it. Um, yeah. But the the atmosphere has changed around our band where pe- a lot more people know about us and might come to a show, uh, which is pretty crazy to me. So that it's, mm. that's the least organic it's felt so far. It still feels organic in the sense that it's like people – that like the music and like have had meaningful experiences with the music, which is crazy to me, but, um, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a jump, right? Yeah. Yeah. And like to follow on from like that sort of organic growth and kind of going back to what Logan was saying earlier in terms of like writing about stuff that like is in your life and things like that, rather than like it being kind of thematic or, or something like that. Like obviously since, I've only kind of been a fan, obviously, since you've been known as, as Greek Death, because that was my introduction to, to you. But obviously, something that you've been known for in this kind of iteration is kind of the the sort of bitterness and honesty that is within your sort of music and like lyrically and things like that. But under this sort of almost kind of like, quote unquote, like beautiful gaze of, of the sound. So. Sure has that always been something that you've like actively wanted to push that like that what you're talking about and singing about is your authentic and organic sort of message as a quote unquote message as a band rather than it being like too thought out if that makes sense yeah i think logan and i have different ethics about that but i think the we've tried like individually logan and i have probably tried writing songs in a lot of different ways um i think the best songs always come together pretty organically at least musically but eh, that's not really what you're talking about i it, it depends um i don't like when things are i i don't know um I guess like you're you're talking about like what level of like over I can't even put this into words. Can you can you kind of reframe this for me? Yeah, I... no, no, of course. It's... So just kind of like 
the fact that you're kind of using like the the music that you're creating to talk about kind of experiences that yourself and Logan have gone through and sort of the wider kind of life experience that you've had rather than it being because I, I think especially with like shoegaze music there could be a tendency to it be like oh we're going to focus more on like what this sounds like atmospherically and thematically. Oh. right um yeah i mean as far as like i don't know there's a lot of like bands that we call we talk about them as being like amp bands like they're very into the, yeah and don't get me wrong we're we, we care about our gear and stuff and but um th- it depends on what you're into right like i think for logan and i like anybody can do like a layered atmospheric shoegaze song like and may yeah you know like anybody can do that but you not like we are the only ones that could write a song from our perspective you know and yeah um that that's not me speaking to like the quality of the songs like obviously logan and i believe that the songs we write are good but we also believe that we like you should always be growing and our songs can always be better so we're always trying to write better songs as well um but yeah like if you're not gonna tell like a, a unique story and i mean the vocals and melodies and lyrics are very important to logan and i so I think the aspect of like taking heavy music, but like actually um, like writing and recording like vocals that are present and like very important to the song. That's something that is, has always been integral. Um, Mm. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't really like music that is just atmospheric doesn't really do much for me, you know? Uh, it's yeah, really, it's it's got a it's it's going to be like the story and the vocals that pull me in. Usually, mm. there's there's always exceptions to the rule, but I think that's where Logan and I stand with that. Yeah, and because obviously, like you say, only like you and Logan can write a song sort of from your perspective, sort of thing. But you mentioned as well, like the weird kind of situation with COVID at the moment, like you releasing that record and people having time to almost sit with it and kind of let it soak into them and and have had kind of their own reactions to it. Yeah. And because I think reading like other interviews that you've done, like you've spoken quite like openly about some of the things that you you've written about. So has it been like strange to now see the other side of that, that people were kind of relating to, to your experiences, even though they're not, directly correlated if that makes sense yeah i think it's that's a perfect example of once you release whatever art you're making into the world right once you're done with it and you put it out there is a big aspect of that where it's it is no longer yours right it Mm. no longer it no longer belongs to you it is now for anybody who digests it to decide what they get out of it um which I feel like me and Logan have actually kind of debated that back and forth because there's obviously (laughs) you can argue that point, but um, that's something I've heard other like people say who make digestible mediums. Yeah. Is that once you, once you put something out, you can't really one, you can't control how people feel about it. um, And it's up to people to make their own assumptions and kind of insert their own meaning into it. Um, 
yeah so and i i welcome that personally like that's what art is that's what art has done for me as well so and hopefully any kind of art inspires other people to make their own things or to do their own thing or whatever everything should just inspire something else uh but yeah that, mm. that no that's been a big thing for us which i i don't fully understand myself but just the the resonance of different songs that we've done with different people and how they feel about it um mm. yeah and and we're, i'm gonna sort of go way back to where we started with this conversation a little bit but obviously when you kind of started playing instruments, you kind of said you mentioned bass, but you were still kind of playing, um, sorry, like learning guitar because you wanted to sort of learn how to write songs and things. But obviously when Greek Death, sort of, well, when I became part of Greek Death, you were playing bass, but obviously now you're kind of this guitar alongside with, with Logan and you've brought in a an, another bassist. So, what was the kind of reasoning to go from a three piece to a four piece? Was it just, it felt better like musically? Did you want, have a need to want to go on to guitar as well? Like what, where did that kind of come into everything? Yeah. Um, I think that's something that like we've always kind of kicked around casually, not really at all until we put new hell out, but you know, because there was more guitar layering and more parts on new hell, we were like, you know, it was always a thought like, well, what if, I, you know, we added another guitar player in some capacity and that to make it a four piece because we're starting to write and then even like newer stuff that we're writing, we're starting to write things that have more layers and are not going to sound as, as fully formed without even some of the songs we'd we'd written, like Valediction never sounded good with just a bass and one guitar. So we never played it. But um you know you can just do more and it's also something i've been wanting i had been wanting to do from a songwriting perspective to kind of have my own autonomy and more mm. more creative freedom um but i a lot of my earlier guitar playing i didn't have any finesse or skill whatsoever to do that and logan right. logan absolutely did not want to add someone else to the band to play guitar for multiple reasons but anyway i think i think over the course of maybe quarantine and a little before that we started to talk about it more and when the conversation was well we don't have someone come in and play guitar like sam plays guitar um and one i that's always something that intimidated me because i didn't feel like i was good enough um but to um th that was interesting because it logan like trusts me we trust yeah. each other so it's it became a different conversation and we logan and i also did like a tour without jim where it was just me and logan playing guitar okay yeah and that was right after new hell came out and we were playing the new hell songs but kind and and some other songs but just as me and logan both playing guitar and singing and i think mm. that that cemented the idea that like oh we should do two guitars because i was kind of just playing the songs um holding them down and logan could kind of have more freedom of expression over that and i think that really sold us on okay we need to do that mm. and, uh, so but it wasn't like jackie being in the band now like she is in the band because one she's been friends with jim and played in their other band for a very long time like we weren't just gonna go out and find someone to play bass like it's yeah very yeah. it's very specifically jackie because of how that worked out and 
we didn't even think she'd want to do it, but she was like, yeah, let's do it. And we were like, That's okay, cool. okay, you know, um, yeah. and I, we didn't know how that was going to work out, but it's been um, on top of like changing the name being like the most important thing we've ever done. I think adding the, like having Jackie play bass so I can play guitar is like even more so if not just as mm. integral to where we're going. Yeah. That's cool. You know, um, and then obviously we kind of like touched upon like quarantine a little bit, but because obviously where you had um, New Hell come out sort of tail end of t- 2019 and didn't really get the the traditional sort of album cycle because of 2020. But obviously now we're kind of like coming out the other side of it and, and obviously bands have kind of been beavering away and working during quarantine and stuff. So did you, I don't know, Did was there kind of any reserve from you guys thinking like, well, no, we've just put out this record. Maybe we should like hold fire a little bit. Or were you just kind of keen to like go on to the next thing and, and whether that be a new record or like a split or whatever you're going to do with this new material, did you just want to kind of keep that momentum going? Yeah, totally. I mean, we're not pretty much the kind of band we are is that by the time a release that we've done comes out, we already are on to the next thing. Like it, it mm. takes, it takes a minute for things to come out anyway, you know, and especially so now with like vinyl delays and whatever COVID stuff. Oh, yeah, we, I mean, we're by the time new hell came out, we already had like ideas for the third record and for whatever. Right. So, you know what I mean? Like we're, we're, always pretty much looking forward which sometimes is to the detriment of being able to enjoy where you are but um uh, yeah uh i mean especially with covid we were just like all right well let's let's write let's just write let's just work on the next thing you know because mm. that's all we really had to do yeah and because obviously like now you've released these sort of two singles and obviously announced the the tour as well but I don't know if, if this is something you're able to speak on or or not, but like, are these singles going to be part of a larger project or are they just sort of something that you're putting out in the world now? Like what's the kind of next step at the moment? So there may or may not be more songs released. And that's really all right. I, I want to say and can say about it now. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll cool. say, I'll say that there are multiple things on deck that we have coming. Um, and, the the songs that we've released so far are just part of those multiple things that we have planned that's cool in the in the uh in the interest of um you know bullshit secrecy and excitement uh (laughs) that's all i'm gonna say about that no no that's absolutely fine but i mean i also will Um, say that we're pretty much always working on something and always planning the next thing so we're not really um trying to like coast on the same record for four years you know Mm, yeah of course and just because as i say because you've obviously done the announcement for the u.s tour have you got any plans to come this side of the atlantic at all so we have an agent over there now um some uh i think they're out of france um and we're Mm. we're pretty much working on making that happen it, there's nothing booked right now, but I know that like so many people have been hitting us up. Like you guys got to come over here, you know, come to UK, come to France or, you know, wherever. 
Um, yeah. And I, I promise that as soon as that is like ready to happen, we're going to do it. Um, mm. You know, we all of our time has been spent in the U.S. and we got um, the Charlie like hit us up right before COVID, like when we were going to do that Deaf Heaven tour. Um, yeah. And expressed interest in booking us over there and working with us. So that was cool. Um, it was really funny because we got like a U.S. agent and a, and a Euro agent like right on the cusp of COVID happening. uh, or or over covid i don't think we got our agent over here until until during covid but so all this stuff lined up during covid and you know we just couldn't act on it but yeah the 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 europe stuff uk and otherwise like as soon as we can we're gonna do that um it's always felt like a very huge undertaking and it still does but now that yeah we have some people over there that are kind of maybe gonna help facilitate that you know we'll see i'm hoping i hope some I, I don't know, like maybe later next year, but not, but let me be clear mm. that nothing is lined up yet. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> you know, so we're, we're doing a full U S next year. So it'd be cool to like do the U S and then come over there, you know, that'd be cool. Yeah. 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 Um, and I mean, I think at the very least you need to just get to Scotland. So Logan can live his best life. Yeah. He's got to find, <laughs> find his people, but uh, no, I mean, you know, it's like, it's like new game plus, right? <laughs> we're, <laughs> we've, uh, we've been playing the game and, and we're here where we can do it. And then we'll, you know, we'll get to the end game and reset and we'll still have like some of our equipment and some of our like, uh, moves, but we will have to start yeah. the game, game again. If that, yeah, reference yeah, has any, if that has any meaning at all, but <laughs> no, 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 I totally get perfect. <laughs> big gamer Brilliant. people well, over here. So, yeah, <laughs> Brilliant. Well, Sam, before I do let you go, I know Logan's already answered this question, but I'll get your shot at it as well. So, as I, as I say, I always ask my guests what their favourite song is, but with a bit of a twist. So, what's your favourite uh, Greek death song that you like to play live and why? Um, damn. I think I'm going through all the songs right now. <sighs> Um, I, you're gonna hate what you've done is always a song that I feel like. I mean, I just feel like that's like a set staple. Sometimes we yeah, don't play yeah. it, but there are so many elements of that song that all come together to make it like a unique thing. Um, we started opening with that song on the last t- past tour we did, uh, which I think oh, that's cool. surprised a lot of people. But it's kind of a nice way to ease into a set, and it ends very loud and like heavy, so it, it's very um it's it's kind of like a very complete way to start a set and get mm. both warmed up and and people obviously want to hear the song you know so um probably that one i really like playing the new song uh i hate everything it's one of my yeah. favorite songs i've written and it's so different than what we've done and we're starting to really nail it like get it in the pocket to where it just kind of glides and i like singing mm. it i love singing it i love playing it so there's kind of a double answer for you, but there you go. No, appreciate it. Perfect. Brilliant. Sam, thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate it. Um, I will be keeping everything crossed that we do get to see you over here at some point, because you're very much a band that is on top of my list of bands wanting to see. So yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. Well you got, I mean, you got Stephanie's info. I can, we can, as soon as something gets locked down, we can maybe have her let you know or something, but 
yeah that'd be sick that sounds just, incredible but yeah sam yeah. thank you very much for your time really appreciate it and look forward to everything you do in the future yeah likewise this has been fun we'll take care no worries take care man yeah bye So there we have it, folks. Again, a huge thank you to Sam and Logan for taking some time out of their day, their respective days, to have a little chat with me. Um, we did mention the Greek Death Tour, but obviously that has kind of been and gone. But they, I'm sure they've got loads and loads of stuff planned for 2022. So as always, if you want to keep up to date with what they're doing, there'll be links in the show notes of this episode. Just to reiterate again, next week will be our Records of 2021 episode. Um, I'm going to also be putting a playlist up on probably Thursday, um, which will feature a track of every single guest that we've had on the podcast this year. Um, so I hope you put, get your ears around that. Enjoy that. And yeah, happy new year, everyone. I hope 2022 has a big, big one for you. I don't know what the fuck I was trying to say for that, but my honestly, my sincerest, serious thank yous to everyone that's kind of stuck to the, with the show, listened to the show uh, this past year and continues to support the show going forward. So, yeah, massive thank you to you. If this is the first time you, you're checking out the Justin Inside podcast, thank you. And I hope to see you a lot more in 2022. But for now, thank you for stopping by the Justin Inside podcast and I will see you soon. Bye.